We hope all you ghouls and ghosts had a wonderful Halloween. Hopefully, it was a better Halloween weekend this first weekend in November than the Chicago Bears had as they went down to New Orleans and fell to New Orleans Saints 24-17. to Their record now 2-7, and and we're here to break it down on the Sports Cubicle. I'm Mike Mercado. It's the marvelous one, Dan Marver and Devin Tingle, to join us as we mourn the tears as in the Louisiana Swamp, the Chicago Bears found a way to not only lose, make it interesting, also frustrating, and maybe also what I've been saying the last few weeks, a whole lot of nothing. We've learned nothing about this team except being reinforced of things we've thought of from the beginning of this season. Some quick stats before we get into what we saw down in the Superdome. We had a interesting game from Tyson Bajan, huh? 18 for 30, 220 yards, two touchdowns, three interceptions, and a fumble. Deontay Foreman back at it with 20 carries, 83 yards, and a interesting running day for Bajan. Eight carries with 70 yards on top of that. He'll fumble himself, DJ Moore fumbling the ball, and Taysom Hill looking like a superstar. So before we go around the cubicle and, and we start giving our, our hot takes around the water cooler, can we stop the conversation now? Can we stop the controversy? Is it over? Can we finally put to rest that it's an awesome story that Tyson Bajan, a Division II quarterback, not only is in the league, not only is playing in the league, not only has won a game in the league, but has started multiple games in the league. That is Hollywood stuff as it is already. We don't have to make it bigger than it is. We didn't have to do whatever they were doing on prime time trying to talk up Tyson Bajan, which is no fault of his own. Whoever was telling that to Collinsworth and, and all the national guys about Justin Fields needs to watch Tyson Bajans. What are we watching now? Let's throw it to Devin. Devin, what did you see down in New Orleans? Uh, that's my comment. Uh, no, but this I'm with you, Mercado. I've been saying Bajan hasn't been the answer for weeks. And I've been not see all these Bajan lovers been really quiet this week. I mean, this is just this was a winnable game. And this is no disrespect to the Saints, not saying the Saints are bad. The Saints going into this were a 500 team here. This is a game they could have easily won a game. They easily had up until that fumble at the end of the game. And that missed field goal, of course, did not help either. But this is, was just very disappointing, Mercado. I mean, yes, I admit it. I'm not the biggest Tyson Bajan fan. But that first half of the game, he played great. And then the second half, he did the opposite of what the Bears have been doing all season. He came in and got, like, just awful. He played like every other Bears quarterback I've seen before, the, like, the past 20, 30 years. And Marvin can probably even go back further than that. But this was just, it was disappointing, Mercado. Like, my expectations are low. But going into this, I'm like, the Bears actually have a shot to win this. And, yeah, it was 24 to 17. It wasn't like it was a blowout or anything tremendous. But still. I think that actually makes it even worse. It was a close game because they were so close to getting it. But at the end of the game, they just crumbled apart. It makes me wonder, is this team tanking again? Tanking for what, though? I got a strange feeling right now. Caleb is not going to want to play for this team. I just This is the way it goes. Who would want to play for the Bears right now here? This team is just playing like garbage. We had another coach who was fired over acting inappropriately. That's the second you know, person on this Bears team, in this Bears organization, I should say, that got you know out of their job for doing something unfootball related. Yet Matt Eberflus is still sticking here when he sucks on the field so dang much. But other teams are firing their coaches. You know, Paul's you know doing cartwheels in the hallway right now. That's why he can't join us. But this was just this was this was ugly, Mercado. This is pretty much what I want to say here. I mean, Tyson Bajan came out looking hot. I thought maybe I'm wrong with them. And that second half, he fell apart here. But the Bears had the chance to win this, and they 
freaking threw it away. And they played better than they did last week. The defense remembered how to tackle people. But this was just pretty disappointing. But, you know, Dante Foreman, I will give him credit. You know, he's I think he's the guy who's become the biggest star in these recent injuries here. So there's a lot I'm going to break down in just a second because I have been holding in my Bears thoughts the last few weeks, trying to get through this Bajans mania and all this weirdness that's been going on at Hallisaw Soldier Field and what we just saw down in the Superdome. But Marvelous, a team that had eight penalties and couldn't get into the end zone, couldn't make field goals, a winnable game against a team that's not all that good. And at moments, some good things that we saw from Tyson Bajan. Like I said, this is a guy who can earn himself a 10-year career as a backup and make a whole lot of money. But what did you see as the Bears now fall to 2-7? and seven? Well, Bajan actually showed good arm strength and, and some real uh, good, uh, you know, uh, he, he takes, like, the first option was gone. This is something that Fields hasn't done. <laughs> he, would, he would go for a second option or a third option and throw the ball out of bounds to, to save yardage. So these are some good things that we saw from him. But I'll, I'll I'll tell you one thing. I think that on Thursday night against Carolina, you're going to see Fields if he's healthy. So this the Bajan thing is over anyway. So you can forget about it. He, he had his one and two career. So, uh, but there was another move this week. You know, we did get the rusher Monte Sweat, mm-hmm. and uh, he got a four year extension worth ninety eight million dollars. So he's doing okay for himself. <laughs> and uh, you know, so the night you know he will receive seventy two point eight seven million guaranteed as part of the total deal worth one hundred and five million. So he came in on third downs mostly today. And uh, so I think he earned his money. <laughs> he got two tackles, you know, so that was good. So, but that he was supposed to be the one that was going to make the, the quarterback sweat a little bit. We didn't see that too much today. I don't know. I'm bet, I'm not sure that Paul still likes Derek Carr, but he did once upon a time when he was with the Raiders. He was a serviceable quarterback. And, you know, it's funny. There, there's that Hill thing is, is really interesting that New Orleans does. You know, it's a, uh, you know, it, it really is effective. Because he's he's a, you know, like a multiple threat guy there, and uh, and and he was he was a big difference. In addition to the fact, I think that New Orleans finally figured out, you know, the to the watch Bajan's eyes or something because they're able to step in front of the receiver in pretty decent passes a couple times. So uh, and Komet was was an all star today. That first touchdown uh, was amazing, and then you get another one. So you get two touchdown catches. So a good day for Komet. The defense was okay. I mean, they weren't great, but they were okay. And the uh, and now, now uh, they're still in position to get the top two picks. I don't know what they – maybe they should tie Carolina this week. I'm not sure. <laughs> that would be very much the 2023 season to see a tie between <laughs> Carolina and Chicago. Now, it's interesting. You did bring in Montez White. I think just early on, him coming in to find a new system, new team, you know, all that. We'll see probably more of them, especially this coming Thursday against Carolina. Billings gets an extension as well, so we're seeing that they're now trying to invest money into that front line, the defensive line here on the Chicago's defensive side. And we'll see what happens with Jalen Johnson and this offseason with that. And, you know, it's interesting. We brought up the culture of this team, right? And, Devin, you brought up a great point. Two coaches on this coaching staff now have been fired and both under weird, suspicious things, right? At the very least, creepy things. We don't know yet, allegedly, all this craziness. But, of course, there's so much mystery behind everything. And yet, this team couldn't go after Jalen Carter. You know, you had this whole situation with Chase Claypool, and you're talking about the hits principle, and then you have a game where you have over seven penalties, and you don't know how to do the fundamentals, and you don't tackle, and it's just all this weirdness all this nonsense all this word salad that we get from this coaching staff 
And look, at, a lot of it still falls on the players. But I think even Tyson Bajan, we see the talent on this team. You can imagine if you had a, whether it's a more, I don't know, a, a better CEO of a head coach than Matt Eberflutes or a better coordinator than a Luke Getze. But something is not right with this chemistry. You know, you think the chemistry is funky at, at the United Center with the Chicago Bulls? This is even weirder. This this potion, this whatever ingredients you've put together, this meal is not working. It hasn't worked. It hasn't worked in two years. Devin, you bring up the word tank. At what point does the dream of tanking and, and getting all these draft picks, when, especially after you just traded a top 37 pick to get Montez Sweat and then had to pay money on top of it instead of waiting to the offseason, potentially sign him. Do you trust this front office? I like Ryan Poles. I'm rooting for him. But do you trust any one of these guys on this coaching staff and this front office to develop talent? I'm waiting to see it. And anytime it's a step forward that you think you see something, it's two steps back. And that's the most frustrating thing I see about this team right now. Devin, I mean, closing thoughts on what's been a long week. It's been such a long week as a Bears fan. Just so much nonsense in a week where you bring in and sign defensive tackles, defensive ends, you fire coaches, and you drop the ball down in New Orleans. Hey, they literally did drop the ball in New Orleans. Tyson Bajer can open his own baker with all those friggin' turn with all those friggin' turnovers you made today. Gosh, can't even talk it. I almost swear it again. This team is just it's it's just disappointing at this point here. It's like at what point do we just we stop believing the hype at the beginning of every season? Mercado is just where I'm at at this point right now. They're two and seven. Even when they're playing good football, they still manage to blow it in the end here. And as we just learned from the Bears going all the way back as far as I can remember, they cannot seem to develop good young talent here. I mean, Brian Erlacher was a unicorn of everything here, but let's just take a look at every quarterback they've drafted in the first, oh, excuse me, in the first round who fizzled into nothing because that's pretty much what they all are now. I think Justin Fields is the only Bears quarterback who's currently starting right now or will be starting. Every other quarterback's gotten back up around the league because they're old. And come to think of it, other than Kyle Orton, I cannot think of a Bears quarterback that left the Bears and became a starter anywhere else. And just This is where we're at right now, and it's just it's pathetic. And, yes, I'm glad you brought up Jalen Carter Mercado because, remember, they want to keep the culture of this team here. But let's just take a look. We had another coach who was invaded by the FBI, raided by the FBI, got fired. We have a, def- a running back coach who's acting inappropriately gets fired. What is the culture of this team? Losing? If that's the culture they want, it's a terrible culture. It is a, it's a damn terrible culture. But, you know, the McCaskies got their heads so far up their asses, I would not be surprised at this point anymore here. And just my closing thoughts are, uh, you know what? They don't have to tank against the Panthers. They got the, you know, we have the Panthers number one draft pick next year. So let's try and actually get a friggin' win. And gosh, FCC <laughs> needs to make the F word legal for me and only me. Just this, this is just getting pathetic. It's getting sad. And it's at the point where literally I, I'm at the point where I'm like, I don't even want to watch these games till the end here because Mm -hmm. no matter what, they always in the end just seem to be really disappointing. This team does not know how to close out. Maybe we need to bring in Tim Tebow or something. I don't know. Uh, But bears do better. That's my closing comment. Just do better. Marvelous. Well, I'll tell you um, in all fairness, you know, I'm going to point out that Jim McMahon, was chosen by the Bears with the fifth overall pick in the 1982 NFL draft. So, I mean, let's dispel this notion of of them being unable to pick a good quarterback in the first round. But in terms of what Devin said, 
probably half of that is going to have to be bleeped. But besides that, <laughs> so the McCaskies don't sue us. But in any event, I think that what's, you know, developing, I'd like to see them obtain talent that's already developed. Actually, that would be even better. But the problem is, is with the draft pick, it's going to be an unknown. I mean, I, I, the kid from USC won't have any choice unless, you know, he, he, he refuses to come here somehow. And I, that doesn't happen <laughs> to my knowledge. But uh, He's a he junior, Marver. He could stay another year if he wanted to, Caleb Williams. Uh, that, that's true. But I think I think that the, the money talks. So uh, he's coming out. But in any event, maybe the maybe all the Bears will trade the number one pick. That could happen, too. And then they'll do, they have, you know, whatever. But be that as it may, it looks like another – you know, are they are they going to be three and fourteen again this year? Possible. They still have, you know, many many winnable games. It would look like on the schedule, but uh, who knows? I mean, they they still have to play Detroit, Minnesota, and Green Bay from their own division. They, have, they haven't played Detroit at all yet. So, I mean, it's going to be an interesting uh, last half of the season, we'll call it. And uh, again, it looks like more of the same to me. And, and like you say, at least this game, I didn't fall asleep, so I will give them credit for that. <laughs> The Bears fall to the New Orleans Saints 24-17. Now the record is a wonderful, beautiful 2-7 and seven for all you draft lovers just waiting to see who goes down the bottom of the barrel between the Carolina Panthers and the Chicago Bears. And oh boy, is that a date with destiny coming down the wire this coming week between the Panthers and the Bears. We'll see what happens. Will Justin Fields come back and... It'll be interesting what nonsense comes out of Hallisaw this week now. It seems like that should be a sitcom or a reality show. That'll be ratings bonanza. Just wait. And then the year that they're on Hard Knocks, they're going to be the worst, most boring season of Hard Knocks, even though every other season is just a wonderful circus clown of a show. But we want to know your thoughts. We're on Twitter at Sports Cubicle TV. We keep this show rolling here on the Sports Cubicle. It's the marvelous one, Dan Marver. It's Devin Tingle. I'm Mike Mercado.